know if I like that wine, but okay. Got a weird wine. Uh, so what what were you doing? Why did you just walk in the door this night? You have one guess. I, I was going to guess you were at work, but I thought you were off of work. Tomorrow and Wednesday. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. I thought you might have been out with a fella, you know, having a good old time, and that you blew off our beloved podcast. No, unlike some people, I don't, I don't, you know, I can, you know, uh, compartmentalize my carnal desires uh, for responsibilities, as they say. Oh, well. I don't know if that's an as they say, actually. That's not a real <laughs> thing that people say. Yeah, I don't think that's um, a saying at all. I don't think anyone says that. Um, I am very, I, I, I will say I am bros before bros, though. <laughs> but I guess the latter bros are hoes to me so you know yeah either way i think i think both the term bro and the term ho are actually gender neutral correct you can be bros correct. with, a, with a female and you and a man can be a ho oh 100 percent. i've been a male ho for a very long time i i've given up my hope i think i have to turn in my ho card after this year i don't know mm, i see i don't know you always seem in control of the relationship though that seems more like a pimp move you know, I feel like <laughs> hoes are not only slutty, they're also uh, manipulated. And they never get cold, which I never really do. <laughs> so it all tracks. Um, you know, my ankles, are. you know, I'm showing a lot of ankle year round. There's a foot of snow on the ground and I'm like, hello. Mm-hmm. Hello, boys. Do you like? Yeah, yeah. You're notorious for rocking the ankle socks regardless of the weather, which I think is kind of crazy. It's irresponsible is what it is. Yeah, well, I guess they say, you know, this is a true, they say, you have to suffer for fashion. It's not even really fashion. It's just to make me seem a little taller. <laughs> as a it, Wait a minute. Is that what the ankle reveal has always been about? Is that why people do it? No, it was always just the thing of like, I'm cool and I don't, I don't wear like your boring stodgy dad socks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people were like, "Ooh, funky socks! We're we're gonna cover up our hair angles." I'm like, "No, let everyone know that you're a man." Yeah, I don't know. I think that's pretty divisive opinion. I think some would say that a man should never show their ankles. That that's a very but womanly thing to do. Yeah, but like, what are we Mormons? Like, show some ankle. Like, you can't really show any other skin. So yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's fine in the summer, and, and I and I'm not sure if you and I have ever talked about this on the podcast, but we're both pretty anti-shorts. I would say broadly, broadly anti-short. It depends. It 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 truly depends. If it's very hot and humid, I'm not. You couldn't pay me to put on pants until I'm in a location. Like to go to work, I would ride the subway in shorts, and then, you know do sweaty work and then like put on pants to be presentable to the public oh wow i didn't realize that yeah i'm not trying to no no because then you well the click oh oh the cling no i guess so yeah i don't know i just think that shorts are a bad look on a fella just in general i don't know it's too much skin i think i've given up the ghost on that i'm like no everyone can see my you can get a thigh and a wing like Mm -hmm. that's what you get Maybe that has to do with your hoe card, you know? No, I think it's a kind of like elderly giving up where you're like, I don't care, I'm comfortable. I guess you're that's gonna true. You're going to have to look at this. I'm sorry. I've done that in the form of athleisure wear, so arguably yeah, worse sweat, from an aesthetic Sweatpants is worse. Sweatpants yeah. is a lot worse than shorts. Mm. 
I didn't make a list, so if you're looking at me for a list, oh. I sure as shit don't have one. <laughs> uh, thank you for mentioning that. I wasn't looking at you for a list because it was my turn, so I made one for you. Oh, thank Christ. I was like... I, I was driving. I was like, what do I have to talk about? What do I have to talk about? What oh, do don't do? don't worry, dude. I got nothing to talk about either. Once we get past this list, we are just flying <laughs> free tonight because uh, I'm busy, too. You know, I'm in the middle of a I'm in the middle of a 12 day work stretch here. And I just Ew. reached the halfway point yesterday. So uh, 12 continuous days, 12 continuous days. Friday is my last no, thank day, you. so uh, no, no. You know, I'm a li- I'm a little tapped out too, but at the same time, I'm really excited to record. So, y- you want to get into the list that I made for you? Yes, yes. Okay, warm up list for two eight. You ready? Yeah. Pepperoni bread. Pass. It helps on the lists if you don't pass. <laughs> and since can you we just come back to it? since can, you can, just can did it like... on the first question, you you can get away with it. But we're gonna keep going, and I'm gonna warn you right now. There's quite a few food related ones on here. So if you truly have so little to talk about that you can't even respond to delectable mental images of (laughs) delicious savory treats, then we're in real trouble. No, it's not that. I just was like, I don't know if I want to go in the affirmative or the negative on that one, and I need a moment. Okay, well, you you know, it's also part of the list to get your mental plasticity going and talk about these things out loud. So that part that you just told me where you were like, I'm waffling back and forth, you could just say that instead of say pass. (laughs) That's also a thing you could do. Just so we're clear on how the list works, even though we've been doing this for like seven no, weeks. No, family feud rules. Bring back pizza pizza bread at the end. Okay, all right. See fine. if I can get the point. All right, continuing on. Hush puppies. Love them. Would bathe in them. Give me hush puppies all day long. Uh, this is a weird point of controversy on the hush puppies, an aside to the list. Do you consider those an element of seafood or of barbecue? Because they're served with both. I've never had... What? No. It's a seafood treat. Okay, me too. It, Let me it's be a treat clear alongside that's, seafood. That's how I feel about it too, but I think it's a regional thing where in certain jurisdictions, they serve hush puppies with barbecue. Who the f- You're in Ohio. That doesn't count. That's okay. not food culture. Hey, I didn't, I didn't even say it was here. I don't think it's here. I think it's a southern thing or something. But anyway, I've heard that. Okay. Papaya dog. <laughs> what? Papaya dog. Never. No. No, thank you. Reddit Super Bowl commercial. Know nothing about it. Uh, the only thing I know of the Super Bowl is that The Weeknd did the song that's three years old, but he looks a little chubby in that red suit, and I was like, oof, no. No, oh, okay, so we can skip the next one, The Weeknd's Halftime Show. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing I know about, and then like there was some... The ads I didn't even like... A bunch of people were like, yeah, we canceled our ad buys because fuck it. I was like, okay. Yeah, maybe we can talk a little about the ads later. Um, Dogecoin. <sighs> Money printer go woof. James Buchanan. Any relation to Pat Buchanan, who I also know equally as little about. I'm not sure, but possibly. We should look that up. Uh, Xi Jinping. Is that um? Is that trade daddy? Yes. Oh. Well... There you go. <laughs> That's what I think. I I don't. I mean, does he I, does he have things? Is he like? I feel like it's, it's like an interesting name, and also like, oh, you're just like this mysterious figure to the you know the West, where we're just like, oh, and then you know, on the internet, it's just like, ooh, trade daddy, hi. Glory holes. You're gonna cut something. I think they're 
a, a problem. <laughs> a scourge on society. Taco bowls. As in, like, a taco salad bowl that's in a crunchy shell shape? Fuck me up with that. I would never, but I, I've always been intrigued by the opportunity. My grandmother used to eat those when we would go to Taco Bell lunches, and I'd be like, can I have a little chip? But I'd be like, why are you eating it? It's an unnecessary thing. It's very 80s. Like the bread bowl. It, yes, exactly. It's a lot like a bread bowl where it is super delicious, but it's extremely excessive. It's unnecessary. The and container it's like a little for, Baroque. Yes. The container for your food does not need to itself be food. It Well, it gets into like some gastronomy style like presentation before gastronomy was a thing. So in that regard, well... Maybe not a bread bowl. Bread bowl is too rustic and not so artful in the way that like a a, a taco salad bowl can be like a weird like um, Elvar Alto vase. Yes, right, right. Actually, if someone okay, someone needs to make the Alto like riffle ripple vase, but as a taco shell. Actually, that's a thing I would make. I need to make that. You should make that. That's a that's a good baking <sighs> challenge. Okay, banjos. Kazooie? <laughs> Casinos. Royale? Best scented candle. That's a, we- that's a weird one after casinos, because I'm, now I'm just thinking about the smell of a casino and going, it's disgusting, but I love it. Um, <clears throat> I mean, truly, it's this one that's right to... Can you the Hinoki, verbalize? The Hinoki Phantom from uh, Boy Smells. Um, but I'm also partial to the... Uh, what a Ballancourt. Um, I do. Uh, th- those are nice, but I'm also cheap, so I won't do this. The best one is the Food Bois from Diptyque. It is $70, and I cannot bring myself to do it, but I want to do it so bad. I'll just oh, ask you about so the bad. last one, but this applies to all the candles that you just mentioned. What does it actually smell like? Because those names are not very helpful or descriptive. Phantom smells like wood, like a wood, like a, a floral wood. Uh-huh. Uh the other one smells like uh sandalwood and like a little bit of musk. You ah. know? So you and like a very the masculine last, last one, the diptyque. I like it to smell like uh a fireplace that got some flowers thrown in it. Mm, but not like potpourri. No. Potpourri is the devil. And I don't know what it's for. Same thing with those little, like, melts that you see. So it's like you put a tea light in a little porcelain dish, and then you melt some scented wax. Stupid. Right. Okay. Chemtrails. I mean, astrology is the chemtrails of pop culture, so, you know. I feel like you were right on the verge of saying astrology is the chemtrails of women, but then you backed (laughs) off. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know i just is pop culture because you know i don't know okay the eight hour work day fine with it if we could have one less Two you'd less? be fine with seven hours no i would be fine with the oh. eight hour work day i only want to do four of them mm-hmm. i only need to do four of them that last one is just a, a, a theft of my time i think we can all agree on that uh, the Diving Bell and the Butterfly. So stupid. It's so bad. And finally, I... Elon Musk. Also, someone should name a candle after that. Just call it Elon Musk and then but spell it E-L-E-X-O-N-T-A-G-U-L-A-N Musk. Elon Musk. 
and then just have it be a little techy and like a little too you know things that smell like you know when it's like a sea breeze candle where it's yes. like a little too chemical but then put like something burning underneath it speaking of casinos so it like a burning that ba- is battery almost exactly what they smell like hmm Speaking of casinos, that's almost exactly what they smell like. Yeah, like a little casino smell. Yeah. 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 Like it should have like a little bit of chemical, like it should say like bleachy scents. Right. Right, right. I, I might have to Photoshop mock that one up for the uh, Instagram post and then make that a thing. Oh, that's work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, activities. Do, okay. I think I have a thing on pepperoni bread, though. Are we going back to Oh, that? right. I forgot. I have to circle back. Pepperoni bread. Here's the thing. It is so often very bad because the bread itself is baked badly to the point where the bubbles make it so you bite into this big hollow puff and then there's just like this little salty meaty strip on the bottom that's usually a little burnt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get And those are bad. Those are very bad. But if you have like a focaccia that has a little bit of like a meat moment in it. Ooh. I've never had like focaccia pepperoni bread, but that sounds fucking delicious. I, I, like, you know, if you have like a prosciutto, like uh, prosciutto bread ish. But then if you just make it pepperoni, make it a little spicier. Yeah, yeah. That sounds delicious. You know, I asked you about the pepperoni bread because I just got finished eating so much food, and one of the foods was pepperoni bread. That was well made by your standards because it didn't have a lot of air bubbles in it, so it was a nice sort of denser bread. With uh, but you know what I'm saying, right? You've seen the oh, things yeah. where you bite into it and you're like, oh, yeah, of course. You don't want the pepperoni to get to get burned like bacon. That's not how it should be. It no. should still be greasy. It should be and like kind of stuffed in there, like a. It should be like a room temperature stromboli. Yes. Yes. Which is exactly what I just had. One of the things I just had. And That's it was a lot super of carbs. delicious. Shit. I know. I know. Listen, I'm in Ron's house, man. I'm really struggling with my diet here because I I keep telling my dad, I'm like, Dad, I can't eat what you bring home. I can't eat what you make. All the food that you eat is beige and red. There is no <laughs> in between at all. Um, so I eat really, really healthy for breakfast and for lunch. And then most of the time, but not always, I completely give in on dinner. That's been my, you could like do the smaller, you know, portion size as an option. Well, here's the thing that I have been doing. This is exactly what happened to me tonight. I did do small portion size because all I had to eat for dinner was some chicken and some, and a side of pasta, which on the face of it, not really that bad. Not really that bad. Side of pasta. Yeah, so I had a s- very small side of pasta. Sorry, say that again. I, th- I thought my headphones were on backwards again. No, that's okay. So I had the chicken, right, which, fine, chicken's fine. And then I had a s- side of pasta, so I had a very small side of pasta. But what happened? Will says, I'm going to be a little late for the podcast, and I say, great. That leaves me a little extra time to digest, you know? I don't want to go into the podcast. Time. Yeah, feeling wicked full. So as I digest, though, I'm like, hmm. There's other things in the fridge, and I'm starting to get hungry again. So I went straight in, and I had a piece of pepperoni bread. And then I thought, hmm, that wasn't enough. I need a little snacky because the time's still wearing by. So I, in in the spirit of you, I feel like I had a post-dinner snack. We don't do snacks post-dinner. Snacks are for pre-dinner. They're the appetizer of dinner. I've seen you do snacks pre, during, and post. 
so I don't want to hear it. I know for sure that no. that's acceptable. Mm. I've also done snacks as dinner and then just called it a day. Yeah. So what I'm saying is the small portion contributed to me having the snack, which mm. was a problem. Mm-hmm. But the snack was buffalo chicken dip and a healthy pile of Tostitos. Jesus. Chips. That's so, that's so much carb. Pasta, bread, and then chippies? Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. I know. Oh, are was, you? Yeah, you are me. Like, get ready to be like, where? Where did that come from? Where's this tummy? What is this? How? Why? Well, yeah, no. I, I like I said, I'm trying to keep it in line, and and I have my workout routine going, but I have to take a break from it because Ron's going out of town, and since I ape off his gym membership, I won't have access anymore. Wait, what? Yeah, I can only go to the gym with Ron. I can't go oh. on. My, I, I can't go on my own. I don't have my own gym membership. I just go as his guest. Oh, so when okay. he's gone, there's no work. I thought it was like me. a perma guest that they like. Here's your guest card. No, no. I, I mean, I think I could treat it that way, and that there wouldn't be too much of a problem. But I have been asked before who I'm with. Couldn't you just have him leave his little scanny thing and then just go in as him? Here's the problem: everybody does everything from their phones now, oh. so you kind of can't. It's all attached. You get sent an in, a unique QR code every time you go by logging that's, into your account. That's a lot. Yeah. Is it for like contact tracing? They're like, well, no, it has to be you because. Mm. But also, oh, we want to make sure no, you're not getting you know freebies. I don't know, man. The gym is pretty wild these days because it's the only indoor building other than my own home or a friend's home that I've been in where you don't have to wear a mask. Hmm. And I have to tell you, that feels kind of wild. Even for someone like me that's already had it and truly does not give a shit, it feels crazy to be in like a big building uh, with lots of people as it used to be. I do it every day, so it's not really that, you know. But you have to wear a mask while you're in there, no? Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying I don't have to wear one. That's what's weird about it. You don't have to wear one at the gym? No, you don't have to wear one in Ohio at the gym. That's alarming. So it's like a complete free zone because supposedly you're supposed to wear it if you're like between machines or whatever or if you're like just hanging out in the lobby. But of course, nobody does. So, yeah, it's pretty wild and free. The only people that wear masks at the gym in Ohio are obviously like concern trolling everybody else. It's very weird. There's a weird vibe. I don't know. That's weird. That's very weird. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, whatever. Like, I don't really have an opinion on it. Although, I, I would caution that working out with a mask on sucks and like is harder. So, if you're not already in like pretty good shape, you aren't gonna really be able to do it. You can breathe with it's fine. It'll be fine. It's hard, dude. It's hard. If you're working out hard, it's harder. It is. It's not. It's not impossible, and plenty of people do it. But it is. It is much harder. Um, the reason that comes to mind is that it's it's New Year's resolution time still, you know? So there's mm. a lot of um, amateurs at the gym. Not to say I'm any expert, but I have been going for longer than they have. Yeah, it was and like, Pot, why why you got to talk about kettles? That's, that seems... Well, because I actually know somewhat what I'm doing now. You know what I mean? And I've been working out enough that uh, I feel entitled to my assholery. Thank you very much. Okay. Well... I mean, aren't all the things you just go like this or like this or like. I I really wish that our listeners could see Will's workout motions because he looks like a Paula Abdul video from 1987. (laughs) That's a little more like 
Um, but you know, you, no, you you do have to use proper form on machines. It takes a little bit of it takes a little bit of time to sort of learn that. Yeah, you just don't you just go in, kind of hurt yourself, and then go. Ooh, that's why I don't go go there, and then never go again. You know, I do think of you when I'm at the gym sometimes, and I and I imagine how much it would be funny to watch you try and do what I do, and to watch you complain. I once, and as give a up. youth, went to gym for four straight months, and then I went, no, thank you. Yeah, because you do get sore, and it does make you want to stop, but you just have to fight through it. But do you? Couldn't you just not? I don't know. I'm in the. Uh, I probably should, but also no. No. See, I didn't go to the gym for years, but it was purely out of shame. I was like really embarrassed or whatever to be my age and never have n- never had gone to the gym before. So I was worried that not knowing how to use the machines would be awkward. I was worried that other people would stare at me, but it turns out nobody gives a shit. It's just like anywhere else where people are just trying to do their own thing and then get the fuck out of there. Yeah, so no one's there for you. They're there for them. Well, this is a problem that I have in life that I've discussed with my therapist at length that, you know, the whole world doesn't revolve around you and you have to stop hypothetically imagining what other people are thinking about you because most of the time they're not thinking about you. Yeah, the universe is indifferent. They don't they don't care. Um real quick, is your mic plugged into your iRig? Yeah. Why? Does it sound like it's not? You sound very low. Uh, give me a second. That's why I thought, like, is, is is this computer audio I'm hearing? I can't tell. Um, no, there we I, go. Is That's it bad? better? Oh, shit. Yeah. I hope this recording hasn't been fucked up this whole time because I just, like, kind of wiggled the cords. I didn't do anything other than that. Okay, now I can hear you. I was like, this sounds, like, very far away, and it was like, huh. uh, uh-oh. Oh, no. That's kind of bad. Do, do you want to take a pause, double-check the record? All this right, is let's... where we insert some... Uh, I I request uh, Diddy Kong music on this one, on this break. All right, let's see what happens. Okay. okay. I think I, I think I also might be going deaf. So that's why I was like, I don't know if I just can't hear, but I was like, something, no, something is awry. Um, but I am fully like, I have to do a lot of, huh? Are, huh? You're doing that in real huh? life too? Yeah. A lot of the time? Uh, do you? Well, l- plexiglass barriers do a really, they, I don't know what they do for germs, but they do a really bang up job for sound, you know, bouncing sound back at yourself. So, like, when people are talking, and if they're like, I'm like, what? What do you say? Over here. Come around. What? And then I have to, you know, go around and be like, fuck this plastic barrier. Oh, for sure. And the masks certainly don't help that either, especially if people are low talkers or mumbly talkers. Oh, I'm a mumbler. Generally. Yeah. Sometimes. Unless I'm slightly animated or getting paid. And then I'm like, hi! Um, but like on a day to day, mumble city, but like, even when I can't hear, you know, that's a bad sign. I'm like, either I'm deaf or this motherfucker is not, can't throw the voice and is wearing like three masks and a, and a scarf and a like winter coat. I'm like, you need to sing out Louise. I cannot hear you. Oh yeah. 
No, I can't hear fucking anybody. I also think I've been going deaf slowly for a long time. Uh, but COVID and the mask thing has made me realize the extent to which I relied on reading people's lips. Oh, yeah. Like, it was subconscious oh, yeah. before, but now I'm really aware of it that I spent a lot of my conversational time, A, staring at people's mouths or noses rather than their eyes, which is a trick that's harder to get away with now. And... uh. B, that I only understood what people were saying through that method. I didn't realize that. Well, the other thing, too, people's people's eyes can be expressive. I, I count myself among the people who, like, you can you can kind of read every emotion. Like, if you tell me something, like, my eyes will do, you know, I don't have a poker face. I'm always like, <gasps> or mm, going to kill somebody. You know, like, I don't hide it. But some people, like, you could be like, I just stabbed your mother and she's bleeding over there. And they'd be like, okay, I'm very mad. And you're like, nothing? Not an eyebrow raise? Nothing? No eyebrows? A lot of people don't use their eyebrows. I'm like, is everyone Botox? No, no one's Botox. No, I, what the fuck? I think a lot of people, I think you're right. I think a lot of people don't have very good expressive awareness. Um, and especially because we've all been dealing with masks now for a year. I, I try to do it even more these days because there's a lot of nonverbal acknowledgements that you can't do with a mask on, you know, and I rely on that in conversation a lot, particularly if I'm not very interested in what someone's talking about, you can kind of nod and bullshit and sort of gesture your way through it. Cause they just want to hear themselves talk most of the time. That's true of all yes. conversations. Like, you know, most people are just waiting for their turn to go. So, uh, if someone's talking at me, I used to just bullshit my way through it with facial expressions like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, mm. yeah, you can fake it. And now you can't really do that. And so when there's no like affirmative reply I can give verbally, um, I just rely on a lot of eye work. I look like fucking Groucho Marx raising my eyebrows over here, you know, <laughs> I mean, there are worse. Th no, you don't have a unibrow. Oh, it's not just eyebrows either. It's like you can do some shoulder work. You can just do head tilts. You know, y you start to look like a the bird just communicating things non-verbally these days. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, what? Oh, ah, yeah. Ugh. yeah. And you're like, what the f No wonder my neck's all fucked up. I'm like, there's a lot of... You, al you also have to overemphasize, like, if you're going to do the conversational nod, now it's... Yes. Like, you're it's at, very like, big. you know, it's a mosh pit in 1996, and you're like, oh. Right. I'm too old for this. I can't. I was. I fucked up my neck so hard just by falling asleep for a nap on the couch that I couldn't look straight up for three days. Oh yeah, that can happen, man. I sleep badly because um, I'm a double pillow person. Are you a double pillow person? I'm a triple pillow person. You have three you pillows under your head while while you're sleeping. Well, there's the the one against the um, headboard. And then the one that is slightly, like, so that one's vertical. And then I have the slight angle. And then the one that's, you know, it's like the, a falling stack. Yeah. Wow. You just have a whole, like, case for your head. Uh-huh. A pillowed case. But then I end up in between the set of six. So I'm just like this. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Well, no wonder you have problems. Because I was going to say, as a double pillow person, I often sleep badly and have the same sort of neck problem. Usually mine manifests as not being able to turn my head fully side to side. Oh, I haven't been able to do that in years. Oh, Shit. God. <laughs> you should really change your pillow hygiene then, man. I, I think that might be part of your problem. No, this was because I, I fell asleep exactly like 
this on couch, like on the back rests. Yeah. And then I, it was stuck. I was like, I can't. I gotta. <laughs> yeah. But then I had to like fully take a like Epsom salt bath, like up to here, like with barely face above water in order to like work out the knot in my neck and then finally be like, ah, up there. Oh, you should have gone <laughs> to the float tank. That's actually no, that's what even you worse because uh, uh, no, no, because your body's like no, got to keep the neck up to not drown, and you're like shut up, we're leaning back. Oh no, the whole purpose of the float tank is so that you uh, relax a bit once you get over that fear. Yeah, the first five minutes are a real struggle bus. The first five ten minutes are really like. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was so stressful for you. It's. Str- uh, the first time was stressful. The second time I was like, okay, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And then just give in. Yep. I do want it. It's so expensive, though. I, it needs to be like, they should take insurance and life would be great. Well, I feel like you should just get the membership. It's like $600. Oh, I thought a, mo- a month. I thought a monthly membership was like 300 bucks. So if you went four times, That's it would basically be free. That's a lot. Yeah, you could go to Equinox for that. I could go to Equinox see sit in the steam room and get a handy for that and let's be real that sounds more fun yeah i mean or you could pay the 300 dollars to say you have an equinox membership and never go i have a feeling that's more what that would look like yeah it, wait i would e- go to the one with the pool but you know mm-hmm. is equinox a uh gay hookup spot or were you just josh in there there are certain equinoxes where thing things are afoot in the uh in the banyo yeah really Where'd you hear about that? The internet, podcasts, the gays. You know, this well cuz it it fills a void that David Barton used to fill quite literally. Cuz David Barton gyms which were in Chelsea, you know, early aughts, like that was just like you could go to the gym, you could lift a weight. But you were going to get a blowy while schwitzing. That was the point. Wow, that's was a very dirty chain of words there. Blowy while schwitzing. I didn't like that at all. It made me <laughs> it made me really uncomfortable. Yeah, you were getting moist in more ways than mm-hmm. one, you know? Yeah. More terrible words. Oh, so what happened to that chain of gyms then? The David Barton. Oh, it closed. They ran out of money cuz everyone was like cuz no one would actually go because it was also like if you weren't like Chelsea ripped you wouldn't get any action, so like, oh, you know if you were like if you had like two percent body fat, like you weren't getting any play. It was so exactly like, the opposite of Planet Fitness. It was a judgment zone. Oh yeah, this is not a judgment. This is pure judgment zone, and you better fucking bring it. Oh, there was no bagels then, like, on Sundays or pizza on Wednesdays. Fuck no, <laughs> no, they were like, no. no, 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 and it wasn't even like oh we get you a green juice or a tea. It's like no, you're here to fuck. And lift, maybe. Oh, interesting. So they you, they, they had a, a suicidal business model. Well, I think, I, to be fair, I do also think, like, you know, the apps of the world probably killed it. Because it's like, oh, I don't need to spend $250 a month to, like, cruise. I can do it on my phone? Yeah, that's sick. True. You're probably right. Yeah, you know, the other Plus, the other place I was going is I was wondering if it was like a bathhouse style situation. You know how like the, the yes. fear of stids and stuff kind of put those out of business as well as police crackdowns eventually. No, no, because they closed like when prep was already a thing. So like, I don't think anyone cared. Oh, okay. 
yeah no 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 i think i think that was a no i think that was just like oh we don't have to do this anymore it was very expensive and then equinox became also more it became more of a like sign to be like oh yeah my equinox membership and you're like you have how much money to throw away (laughs) yeah right fuck right it became a sign and you know what and the uh the other clientele of Equinox probably also likes the idea that there's a diverse clientele that goes there, that there's something kind of dangerous, not dangerous in a physical sense, but in the glamour sense, uh, you know, happening in the locker room. Like, I'm sure that people like kiss and tell stories to come with their uh, Equinox memberships. That seems like a perk, Oh, I'm sure. You know? But also, like, you can have the girls and the gays at an Equinox and not just Dave Barton where it's like woman well right when no when i said other clientele that is what i meant in a coded way i wasn't talking about the yeah you can like yeah you could like have like a spin class that was like mixed gender and like make more money at an equinox which they did and they do so they're like well this is solid and if people want to later who cares like no one's complaining about it yeah i'm sorry i feel like i've been i feel like i've made two mentions of gender now that were a little um Rude. problematic yeah, gender norms. yeah i shouldn't i shouldn't be that way i i love all women or most of them I let's mean, just say most i have I'm a pink phone case bet. now so like yeah. ladies i'm on your side hey and i i have a i have a pink vape uh we're both allies <laughs> here oh this is very problematic okay <laughs> um i love all women i have binders of women that's bill and okay that was a lot that was a lot of culture jamming of terribleness um i don't know how to dig out of that hole (laughs) (laughs) but that is something i would say think about it five four three two one no giggles okay never mind yeah i kind of downvoted it sorry okay great great i didn't even take screenshots i i don't think anything happened this week after the stonk business and then like we we get four hundred fourteen hundred dollars maybe eventually if we make under fi- you know fifty thousand dollars and then I'm just like can I have my money please yeah I mean you know whatever we could talk about this I guess if since there's nothing else to do um I don't know for for whatever reason maybe we can maybe we can circle back to this as kind of a meta topic but I'm finding it really difficult to uh to follow anything anymore I think like the the Oh, you've gone back to brunch, huh? I kind of have gone oh. back to brunch, but it's like it's mostly because Trump isn't around to make it interesting. It's I've too already boring. I've already mentioned politics is boring again. Oh, well, yeah. But the thing is it's not that it's boring, it's just that it feels like it's on a trajectory that's unstoppable, you know? Uh, like whatever's going to happen is going to happen and there's nothing we can do about it. That's what the election of Joe Biden was all about. But anyway, the $1400 thing um yeah i'm gonna be really bummed man if they means test that down to the threshold that they're talking about because that means that almost nobody would get it including you or i you oh i know you heard I'm about like, this excuse right? me yeah. no thank you can i have money please no no it would be nice to have a little fourteen hundred dollar stimmy and then get tax return and then just be like Ooh, free money that it's already mine back. Thank you so much. Well, that's the thing about it, too, right, is that it's a stimulus. It's not aid. It's not meant to just go to the poor. It's meant to stimulate the economy. So they should just give it to everybody and dispense with this shit. Plus, I'm sure you saw the sort of viral tweet from Bernie. 
I think today or yesterday, that was like, it was kind of the most raging one I've seen him give since Biden was elected. But it was kind of like, hey, Democrats, do you think it's a good strategy to not give checks to people that Trump gave them to, you fucking idiots? Like, in so many words, it was essentially that. Like, hey, I really think it's a bad idea that Trump is going to look better than you, even though you're in charge of everything. I'll I'll read it. Go ahead. Hold on. Uh, Which one is it? Why are there two? Why is there Senator Sanders and Bernie It's the one that ends in brilliant. Hmm. I mean, this one's funny. It's like, it's absurd to think that we should tell someone making $52,000 a year that they're too rich. Yeah. That's fair. No, I know. Do you want me to find the one that you're looking for? Because this is taking fucking forever, and no. it really shouldn't be. No, I just got it. Unbel- it's unbelievable. There are some Dems who want to lower the income eligibility for direct payments from $75,000 to 50000 for individuals and $150,000 to $100,000 for couples. In other words, working class people who got checks from Trump would not get them from Biden. Brilliant. Yeah. You know, I kind of loved that one because it almost read like a Trump tweet. The way things are punctuated and the way it ends with brilliant exclamation point, it's very Trumpy. I mean, you know, he wanted to say fucking brilliant, dumb sons of bitches. You know, like you want, like there was like there's a comma bitch. Yeah, totally. Yeah, which is which which is a classic Trump maneuver, too. You know. Yeah, but Trump would say comma bitch like he would do the comma bitch part and you're like, oh, no, too much overstepping. Please stop. Yeah, it's not my fault. The haters and losers were born fucked up. Oh boy! God damn um, it! I miss him so much. I really do. But uh, j- purely for laughs, guys. Come on, we all know what I mean. Uh, but I mean, on SNL this week, they were like, they were like, he will not appear, and you know, Joe was doing the joke, so he's like, please, please come back and say the things that you want to say on Twitter, but you can't say because you don't have Twitter. Can you can do it live in real life, and we can all watch it? Yeah. Well, here's a question: Do you which th- do you think that that he will get his Twitter account back and start posting again? I really wonder about no. this. You don't think so? You don't think they'll give it back to him? No. no. Well, um, no. Well, then, good. I, I, you know, I wish him a happy and healthy offline life. Maybe it'll make him a better person. You know, it'll probably. I mean, what have we learned throughout all of using social media is that like the more you use it, the more crazy you become. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't know that. I mean, the whole absence of Trump thing, like. It really does seem like somehow we all conjured him into existence, like as this entity that was super important while he was necessary. And then like as conditions changed, nobody wanted the chaos he that we all created to continue. So, But now that it's gone, like all the air has been sucked out of the room, it's really hard to care about society in general. Because like I said before, like to me, Everything seems like it's on a single rail, like it's on an inevitable track now. There's no chaos, which is what Trump generated, and there's no real possibility for change because the Democrats are in charge of everything. But what I'm what I'm kind of seeing in the world, which I I am kind of, you know, happy with is that there's when you take away the energy spent on the outrage, you have a lot more uh you know, you have a bigger kind of grumbling contingent sure where now that like everyone's just like you know the scopes are out for any sort of aberration of you know anything political people are like hmm who is the who's the stepdaughter what's her name emma whatever the fuck ella emhoff sure 
ginger ginger spice ginger ginger flower rather she's not a spice um you know like everyone's just like hmm must be nice to wear a Miu Miu coat and uh, get a modeling contract even though you look like that but okay yeah i guess that's what we're doing with our uh full power of the senate and like there's a lot of that happening in a way that is like ooh, oh spicy because it's not just like oh my god i can't believe the like you know the 11 is happening which the 11 is really just like a sign for an 11 it's not actually like 11 anything unless it was because usually you're gonna really have really to spell out heinous were quieter you're gonna have to spell out what you mean by 11 i have no idea what you're talking about so like a trump tweet that's like really like aggressive and outrageous people are like oh, can't believe he said oh that in the spinal people. tap sense of turning it up to 11. yeah like up to 11 yeah. you know like people would just be like oh and then it's like well was that actually any anything or was it just like a fake 11 it's not even 10 that's barely a 6.2 you know like but then all the all the more uh, nefarious things happened at a two. And yeah. now, like, there's a lot of, let's not say nefarious, but a lot of nepotism happening at around a three. And people are like, I see you're trying to get by with this uh, three bullshit, but mm, no, no, we see you and uh, fuck you for that. So this is the thing where the Bernie going like shouting about it is actually kind of making the point of the like, oh, no, there's a lot of people noticing your three business going thinking that you're going to get away with it but like fuck you this is what's going to happen if if you do that again if you keep doing the shit i I see what you're saying and i agree with you that like the volume of the i would call it nefarious i wouldn't just call it nepotism like there's a lot of nefarious things happening because the deep state is a real thing right like the government has very little to do with who is actually elected at the end of the day like the same kind of decisions get made right um it's it's no coincidence that uh, Trump and Biden have a lot of the same foreign policy objectives, for example, right? Like none of that changes. Um, so the nefarious stuff does get turned up a degree. It goes from a two to a three, and everybody can see it. But there's even less you can do about it, right? And so the grumbling goes from feeling like it has direction because it's being targeted at something so loud up at eleven. Uh, to now we're grumbling about the turning up of the volume to three, but it feels more hopeless. But it's more noticed. This is the kind of this is what I want to point to is that like when, again when you don't have when you don't have to waste energy on like thinking about like hyperbole, you can be like, oh, the reality of this shit. Oh no, fuck you. We're taking notes. Like nothing will be because you know what the last four years kind of showed was like no, you can't take anything for granted. And really what. You, you know, ended up happening two years ago is like, oh, we took eight years for granted and then we missed a lot of, uh, what are the things in a David Foster Wallace thing at the bottom of the page? We End we notes. missed a lot of footnotes. Yeah, footnotes. You know, like we, we just were like, everything's great. We have healthcare that costs too goddamn much for people who make the amount of money that it's supposed to help. And uh, drone strikes, those sounded great in 2002. Oh, wait, it's 10 years later. We're still fucking doing Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. What the fuck? I mean, it goes to to show how... uh, It goes to show what effect charisma has, right? Because Barack Obama and Donald Trump have the exact same level of charisma. They have different levels of volume. Different audiences. And different audiences, but they have the exact same caliber of charisma. And it really goes to show you in a leader how much that can do. Whether it's to disguise bad things, 
in Barry's case or to amplify them in Trump's case, um, both of those situations kind of have their benefit. But when you just have this void of Joe Biden and his administration where it's like pure deep state shillery, well, it's, no, it's, it's really, like, it's really like using, hard to deal with. I don't like using the, the, I don't like using the deep state word. I just feel like, you know, like we have a camel. Explain. A camel is a horse designed by committee. You know this phrase, correct? Yeah, yeah, I know the phrase. I mean, like, we're just in camel land. Welcome to camel land. How can we help you? And it's just like, oh, what? Oh, you want some assistance? Well, we have a another smaller camel that seems like it might help you. And you're like, no, get me. I need a mule or a horse. What the fuck? No. But do you want a camel? And it's like, no, I don't want a camel. The thing is, you gave me a camel. It's the thing Why? is, dude. It's always a camel. It's always a camel. But what we're talking about when we talk about the president of the United States is the head of the fucking camel, the part that you see. Right now, we don't have it. Or, but or Joe rather, is it's the ultimate camel. He's the most designed by committee option. They're just like this one. And you're like, fuck no, I didn't want, th- I didn't order that. I don't know. I don't think it really. I don't think that that. I don't think that that really works. I think that the executive branch or the government in general is the camel. That's why I invoke the well, deep yeah. state because now you just get to see the machinations of the things that happen in spite of who is elected. The head of the camel is the part that distracts everybody. That's the Donald Trump turned up to 11 or the Barack Obama uh, charisma of, you know, you take your picture with the camel at the state fair. That's what Barry was. Right. Yeah. And Donald Trump is the camel running through a China shop and fucking breaking everything. In either case, you're not really paying attention to like what animal it is. You're paying attention to its affect, whether it's its, you know, violence or its cuteness, whatever. Joe Biden. Yeah, Barry. Nobody wants Barry to take their high, picture with high, him. Barry uh, had high cunt value, charisma, un- uniqueness, nerve, and talent. <laughs> sure. So you couldn't, you know, he, you could hide the like, the other things going on, like the, you know, you didn't see the like binder clips holding the garment together, you know, but like, you know, it, Donald Trump is very much anti cunt. Yeah, yeah. Well, charisma, yes, sure, we'll give you that. Uniqueness, not no, so much. No, he had complete nerve. uniqueness. What are you talking about? The, one of nerve, nerve. He. It do it do take nerve, uh, talent. He had talent. Talent had to talent use too. those forces, but no talent otherwise. Dude, he had he had all the same attributes. He had all of those attributes. Not a good speaker. His spe- his public speaking was just like the charisma. It's not the talent of public speaking in a way that Barack Obama was like. Oh no, I'll riff. Give me give me eight. He also had a talent for public speaking. You're just not in his audience, so you don't recognize it. Oh, there's Republican cunt. Of course. This is what I'm trying this is what I'm trying to convey to you right now is I think you are siloing yourself accidentally into one side or another side or or compartmentalizing this argument too much. The camel is the entire thing. Look at it holistically. L- look at society or the government as one thing. That is the camel. America was always supposed to be camel making, right? A lot of committees. Going back to like founding father times. They're like, well, no, we should try to make a camel. We'll we'll make the best camel. And they're like, that's actually anti- antithetical to the whole process of cameldom. You don't get an ideal camel. You just get a camel. And it's going to be a little fucked up looking every single time. Right, right. I guess so. But what's your point like, here? Why are we making, why are we trying to, do we need, do we need a horse anymore? Basically. Are we aiming to make a horse? What's the point of making a horse when we've, 
only done camels for 200 and some odd years. Maybe a new animal is, uh, you know, can we can we do something else by committee? Do we need to get rid of the committee or do we need to get rid of the goal? I don't know. I guess I'm just strugg- I'm struggling to follow this. I don't know who's in charge okay. of what or who wants to do what or you know what I mean? <laughs> We started we started yeah, out I mean, talking about the difference in charisma between between Obama and Trump and now Biden, right? And the sort of different vibes of the different administrations and, my, and why maybe it's difficult to uh conceptualize or talk about or care about politics right now or feel hope or feel despair or whatever. So what is what in your metaphor? In the in the metaphor like what we what we finally arrived at is like the leader is the camel and not the project of democracy in America is the always camel. Now it's the figurehead is a camel and you're like, Ooh, Ooh, that's a terrible idea. Like why not, you know, on the, basically it's like a progressive thing of like, why are we trying to do this by agenda? Like even doing the like, or by a committee rather versus the, like, you know, the simple majority thing of, the burning speech of like fuck them they tried it for so long yeah we just need 51 let's do this come on like push it through what are we doing like why not try something else instead of going well let's just try to do some more camels even though you're like i thought we were doing horses the whole point was to make a horse they're like no we were trying to shoot for camel you're like no 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 you want to what's the point of self-reifying bureaucracy versus using bureaucracy to do something yeah is kind of like my actual like you know the distillation of the point does that make sense yeah it does this this has to do completely with the issue of democrats doing what they do which is negotiating with themselves down to a lower thing than anybody ever wanted just for the sake of preserving institutions or something or what like that is what is brings me such despair about the political moment is there's nothing you can do about it we voted everyone in the country that voted for a democrat at some point in this process wanted something else they wanted what you said hey let's stop a horse let's stop Give trying me a horse. to make camels let's actually do a fucking thing let's get a new new deal going or whatever and the this administration is not going to do that right no because it is in and of itself a camel it didn't. Yes, you know. Yes, it's a but camel re- made by camels. But the real question is: Yes, that's why I invoke the deep state, dude. Because it will never be anything other than a camel. There are machinations that go on between and betwixt administrations that are being revealed right now. Ooh, betwixt. Because this is a possibility for change. The worst thing that ever happened to the Democrats is that they won Georgia. Now look at them. All they wanted was for the Republicans to win there so that they would have an excuse to do nothing. And now they have to negotiate with themselves, even though they don't have to. They have to camel it up all day long in front of everyone while everybody grumbles and goes, wait, this doesn't make any sense. For no good goddamn reason. Right. You don't have to do that. You were given a you know a little bit of, a, I'm not going to say a mandate, but you were given a little bit of like, can you, eh? Well, you know, like an un, an unspoken directive, which is not a mandate, but yeah. Yeah. You know, this is the reason at the end of the day that I didn't vote for Joe Biden and I'll probably never vote for a Democrat in a presidential election ever again. Because if it's not if it's not clear to you by now already mere weeks into this administration that the purpose of the Democrats is to gum up the works. Their purpose is not to keep, institute You got to keep the camel factory working. 
you know, you got to keep the camel factory in, in process. So their purpose is to manufacture camels with the skin of a horse on them. We're we're really trying to make horses, but we're camels ourselves, so we don't actually know what a horse is. Right. Sorry. And I get why that oh. was obfuscated by the charisma of Barack Obama, but it's not anymore, you know? And it's depressing. And it makes all of this stuff hard to talk about. It makes it hard to care about because it's like, great, Bernie Sanders does a Trump-esque tweet. But guess what's going to happen? A week from now, they're going to fucking negotiate it down to people only get the $1,400, which should have been 2000 already, only if they make $50,000 and they're a buy POC from an inner city that, you know, you know what I mean? They're going to mean t- means test all of this stuff completely away. Is this going to be like an NYU scholarship? Jesus Christ. Eventually. Like that, I mean, I don't know if well, you're describing an NYU scholarship. Yeah. I don't know if you remember during the primaries, Kamala, before she dropped out, she got laughed out of town for doing some student debt relief proposal that was along the lines of what I was saying. Like, it only applied to certain identity groups that lived in certain jurisdictions that made certain amounts of money. And then it was some trivially small amount of student debt relief at the end of the day. And it's like, this is what this whole thing is going to be. And I don't know, I don't know where to go with my thinking about this i don't know where to go with the conversation about this because there is nowhere to go like everything that's happening is just going to happen and there's nothing any of us can do about it so like even worrying about it um feels like putting stress on yourself for no reason that that's the part that's why i feel like my and maybe this is all just self-defense but that's why i feel like my checking out is different than going back to brunch um it's more a checkout of despair where it's like, I don't have a desire to be disengaged. It's just that my disengagement is being forced on me. Yeah. You're, you're, you're of the grumble contingent. Yeah. Well, I don't want to be part of the grumble contingent either because I don't want to participate in this media industrial complex of grumbling for clicks and likes, which is basically what everybody's doing. I don't even want to grumble about shh, it. Shh, shh. No, we need the clicks and likes. What are you talking about? Stop. Doing well, that. Hey, you're the social grumble media for, manager. Grumble for me. clicks and likes. God damn it. <laughs> What the fuck do you think? Come on, this is an enterprise here. But I don't want to participate in that either. Like, I, I, I'm genuinely serious. I mean, maybe this, maybe this is happening to you too. But I'm finding in in my media consumption world, I'm getting a little bit annoyed with the with the grumble contingent because I'm like, okay, you guys grumble on your podcast or you grumble in your article or you grumble, 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 and nothing's fucking happening. So, who cares? Oh, grumbling in print. This we can segue maybe grumbling in print needs to stop because no stop it i don't like i don't i don't want to read something and be like oh i'm taking the time to actually you know read words instead of listen to a podcast about something dumb which hello i'd rather be doing all the time thank you so much i don't want to read words like oh news with print no thank you but like so i sent you that uh thing from was it the guardian i don't even know what i sent you the is neoliberalism killing art yeah or whatever and like again uh, going back to the thing from last week of like does this have a point and i'm like no it just kind of has a good vague idea but it's grumbly like why why did i waste my time reading the thing if you didn't get anywhere and maybe like i'm just kind of my expectations are too high for you know anything in print like my expectation is that if it's in print it's probably useful well, it's also internet print, so uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's do true. That. I, I think my only potential insight on this is that um, 
conditions have to be dynamic for people to be effectively able to theorize about anything. And we are in, in it's not quite static, but I would just call it a non-dynamic situation. This single track that I was describing before where things are just happening in spite of anybody's intentions and in spite of anybody's grumbling. And this course seems inevitable for now. Until a black swan event comes in and changes the conditions and makes things interesting and provides some potential, there will be no ability to theorize about potential futures. So when you get these articles that are basically just grumbling about neoliberalism or grumbling about bad figurative art or whatever it is, uh, it's because there's no potential yet. There's no space available. Will has this hand right. What's what's a what's a what's a black swan event? A black swan Explain. event is basically an, okay, yes. is basically an act of God, something that you couldn't predict it. So, so something oh. that you couldn't predict in advance. So like if a nuclear bomb went off in New York City uh in 2 weeks, that would be a black swan event. Like no one would ever ever seen that coming. Go knock on some kind of wood cuz don't don't no, don't hex it. Shit. You know, but you but know. things like this do happen. I mean, COVID was a black swan event, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's also like this, again, this is the true winter of discontent where no one has any outrage to, like, work out. Everyone's just like, can we just get a vaccine and get it over with? And it's like, no, we're fucking that up, too. Yeah. And everyone's just like, I'm so tired of doing this. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I so one of my, my friend Beryl came in to the store today. Um who I haven't seen in a year because again, she lives in New Jersey, has kids. I'm like, I'm not going to come see you and like, you know, bring all, you know, whatever. And I was, I like started jumping up and down and cackling like a crazy person when I ran up to her and was like, ah, like, cause you don't get to do the thing. Like, you know, like it, it's a break in the, like gotta be doing all the things right. And she's just like, hello friend. I'm like, like, that's so rare because all again we've talked about this before of like you know having that kind of interaction is just so uh much work so when it just falls into your lap you're like oh people i know ha, ha. like you lose your shit and you can actually like be like oh my god i am a human i'm not a fucking robot that just works and does nothing yeah yeah, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with with COVID because, again, it stripped the dynamism from everybody's lives. Yeah. And so it's a cliche, oh, but yeah. it's like you, now you're learning to appreciate the small things like a friend dropping by work um, because that actually takes a lot of effort and introduces a lot of dynamism into your life in a way that maybe wasn't noticeable before when things were a little bit uh, more vibrant. Or vibrant or you're like, well, the rest of the world's on fire, so at least this is something else. And it's like... Now, when everything's like, well, nothing's really on fire. Everything's got like mild smolder. We're just on simmer. We're on the simmer burner of like, maybe things will pop off somewhere. I don't know. But like to have like a personal like boil over, you're like, I feel alive for the first time in so long. You know, like I I don't know if I have anything to say about it other than that. It's just like, again, you just feel like like it. It's weird to have that little bit of connection just, like, stir up your whole, like, like your woo-woo vibrations. Yeah, it stirs up your being a little bit, right? 
But now sort mm-hmm. of to circle back to your point about grumbly articles or whatever, and maybe why that's frustrating is then imagine trying to put that feeling into words and articulate it to somebody else in a way that would impact them right at this moment. That would be really difficult, maybe impossible. And so I don't think a lot of good writing or good art making or uh, good thinking is getting done. Because even when some spark yeah. like that does come along and it's a little um, it's a little more incendiary, even in a positive way, to use your smoldering metaphor, it's a, it's a little, you know, it's a little it's flame a spark, or yeah. spark in your day. Um, it's hard to put it into words and it's hard to convey why and how that is so meaningful. I think in words, it's easy. I think in other kind of outlets, not so much. Like, I don't think it necessarily clarifies my thinking, but it does, again, it turns the the brain low simmer into, like, something a little bit higher where you're like, oh, I am not a robot. Well, the point you're making, and, and I think that I wholeheartedly agree with, is that it's a completely subjective experience. But that's what I'm trying to say. That's what makes it hard to convey is that the only points of light in anybody's lives right now are entirely inward looking. They only exist for you. It's really hard to make them exist over Zoom. It's really hard to make them exist in a collective way for any audience, you know. So in a certain sense, I don't blame the grumblers. Um, Yeah, they're they're doing their best to convey the ineffable. Uh, because all we have is our subjective joy right now. It's sort of like our only weapon, but it's hard which to weaponize rare. it. Which is rare. Like, which, this is the thing. When the joy is rare, this is why I'm kind of like, oh, this is the true, like, like, I think this is what doldrums are. Yeah. Right? Yeah, sure. Like, I think this actually is that. And I was like, I this is a weird word that I don't think I would experience. I can, I know what it describes, but I don't, know what it feels like and i'm like oh i feel the thing i never thought i would you know partake in and it's like huh yeah you know and when you're like kicked out of that you're like oh life raft ah thank god right you know i i think i mentioned it one time on the podcast maybe at the beginning of covid or over the summer or something like that but i think a lot about um the summer before world war one if you ever read anything about the summer of 1914, it was this similar kind of moment where it was really pregnant in a really uh, impossible to articulate way. Um, that's not to say that we're on the verge of a world war or something. I don't know. But I, but I do think that there is some parallel there where when you're in these doldrums uh, between major events, uh it becomes really hard to know how to act because you're you're you know you are in the you're in the birth canal of a new world and i think we're going to be i think we're going to be in it for a while you know i mean i think we're just a breach baby we're going out feet first we're not going out head first this is full feet first like just like two little tootsies sticking out going eh. that may be true but i don't think we're there yet you know I think that remains to be seen. I don't think we know our orientation, and that's the whole point. It's saying the world is non-binary. <laughs> yes. Strike that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Strike it. I mean, I, I wonder. 
I mean, I wonder. Ever, what like, did the non-binary prospector who... say about the land he was in? Oh, there's gold in them there hills. Yeah, I, yep. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like, I know it's that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Oy. Oh, that's bad. Oh, that it's the worst thing. That's from the Brad Trumbull, uh timeline. Yes, I am aware. I did see that as well. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I. Uh, mm, I don't know. I just. Ugh. I just want it to be over. I want a lot of things to be over. I don't know. Like, anytime anyone's like, it's going to be the Roaring Twenties, I'm like, no, it won't. No, definitely but not. I'm like, I don't think so. But if it is, get ready, horse, because it's on. Um, I was talking to uh, Lauren about this, and she's just like, I just want to go somewhere. I'm like, as soon as everything opens, there won't be any gin left in the entirety of New York City because it will all have passed through my body. No one will have any. You know, uh, so <laughs> I'm I'm so sympathetic to that too, and I wish for that too. But I don't know what everybody's thinking. Like this is our world now. Everyone needs to get used to this. the The idea that there will be a day when everything opens again, I don't know how people still have this delusion. It's never coming back. This is this is what I mean by having no orientation by only having subject- subjective experience. That is the world now. But I think, like, w- uh, to work out of that, I think, like, what the it is that you're, what you know, when you say it is never come, I think you just have to shift what it is. So, again, these, like, fleeting little sparks, actually, they'll be more readily available. They're not going to be as casual as they once were, but, again, they'll be more available than they are now, and that's enough to have a glimmer of hope because like again like what the it is is not going to be the like i'm eh, just like flounder around and like meet up at your local dive bar you'll still be able to do that but it'll take a little bit more work which uh, fuck that but yeah i don't want to talk past each it's other an availability I, I mean i i agree with you the it is the past yeah and again like you know i i love you know i love to like give ex exegesis on like I remember when that place over there was a restaurant or a bar I used to go to. Ah, yes, yes, that was a very specific time period. And it's like, yeah, that was. But like, I I am comfortable, state like acknowledging or recognizing like, the pastness of a thing, like, I, I'm just hopeful towards the, the potential futurism of whatever a thing may be, and again, like, this is also like a. Uh, there was a Rum Cool Hush. Do you remember the Rum Cool Hush show at the New Museum? I don't think I ever saw it, but I remember it happening. Yeah, the like, uh, Chrono Chaos show. Like the whole idea of like a city being a, a constant, uh, palimpsest. Like you're always rewriting. Like we we as people, like this like locations can do the overwriting all the time. I just think it's going to be a hard ask for to ask people living in the world to override their own sentimentality and be aware that the change is not just different it it can be interesting and has potential in its new version like i think the roadblock is when you're just like well it's just not like i you know remember it to be it's like yeah who cares like yeah of course it's not fuck it like whatever like like again doing the like do or die and do or dive it's like yeah that was a thing and then it was this other thing and now it's a Chili's you're like well we just don't go to the Chili's but like what a moment right we don't have moving on you know 
I think the difference is, and I think the thing that makes it hard to grapple with is that we're not talking about an object, you know, we're not talking about a building. We're not talking about a business. Um, we're talking about some fundamental shift in what it's like to be an individual and what it's like to be in a society also, you know, we're talking about like, um, what it means to be together and be collective is changing and what it means to be yourself and perceive yourself is changing. Um, but we, is that not exciting? It's, it's, a, I find it, that exciting. Like, I think that's wonderful. Like I, I like, you know, if you're like, Oh God, this is so terrible and boring. You're like, yes, what is the future? I don't know what it is, but I want it now. Can I have that? Like, I, I know it's not going to be the past version, but like, I don't like that person that much. I mean, I don't need to spend $37 on a Tuesday getting like, you know, shot and beer specials. Right. That was never fun to begin with. Can I have the future version? Thank you. It's extremely exciting in that it's pregnant with potential, but that's why I bring up the August 1914 conundrum, is that things that are pregnant with potential are not necessarily something good, and they're not necessarily something to be hopeful about because you just don't know. And 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 I think oh, it's a form. I think it's a form I of delusion. I think it's a form of delusion to be too optimistic about things. And I'm not saying to be blackpilled. That's not what I mean at all. But I I would just caution everybody. That's like I can't wait for this to be over. No. Uh, everyone should do what you're saying, which is I can't wait to see where this goes. But be aware that where it goes can be ca- catastrophic. Well, I mean. I'm. We have no Franz Ferdinands, do we? There's no Habsburgs left to kill. I mean, off, history right? doesn't repeat itself; it rhymes, you know. So no, we don't have Habsburgs, we don't have Franz Ferdinands, but we have parallels, you know. And we mm-hmm. won't know what they are until it happens. Nobody knew that Franz Ferdinand was Franz Ferdinand until he died, right? Nobody would even have recognized that as the singular cause of World War One if you had asked them at the time. They wouldn't have known. Which was it really even the cause? That was just like no, the, it wasn't. It was the catalyst, band. not the cause. There's yeah. a difference, and I, you know, I think our I think our Franz Ferdinand was COVID nineteen. It was a catalyst for something that was gonna come no matter what, but it had to happen in the but it happened in the form of this event, and then our timeline splintered off, and we're on this trajectory now. If this never happened, and we flashed back to uh, January of 2020, and something else happened you know we would we would still be in the in the same in the same time flow some black swan event would have changed us in this direction okay so what so what you're saying is that i need some pim particles and we need to jump in the thing and then put the stones back where they were yeah we need to go we need to go meet the ancient one and she'll uh punch you out of your body and say you're a little too late all right Ever, does anyone know where Tilda Swinton is right now? <laughs> we have to find her. She's probably in the countryside of Ireland or Scotland right I now. I think she's sleeping like, in a box at the Museum shit. of Modern Art. No, they couldn't. Man, no, they had to take that away because, like, you know, they were closed for so long. They were like, what are we going to do? Leave Tilda in there? I mean, like, the world's shutting down. Do we wake Tilda? I don't know. She's napping. <laughs> she's like, I can hear you. I'm not actually napping. And you're like, I don't know. I couldn't hear it through the glass. So, like, I don't know. We just leave her here? I don't know. Mm-hmm. She'll fight her way out. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, maybe we should stop now. <laughs> yeah, is that is that a good way to like Tilda Swinton and Tilda Swinton turned into boxing Helena? Just turned into boxing 
tildo. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to plug our last Patreon episode at the end of the regular episode because it was really good. Um, I just posted it over oh, yeah. the weekend, and it was like actually a really nice conversation. Um, oh yeah, I I almost wanted to bring up a, a thought thing for this, but uh, you know, like we do have to you know explain to the people like the action is you know always on the Patreon. Yeah, the actions actually the, re- the real in the, the after real show. deep dives are on the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, we had a good we had a good uh, sort of meta conversation about uh, you and I and doing this podcast and how it's kind of difficult and uh, what it means to try and maintain a relationship from a distance. I thought it was a really good episode. Yeah, how People do you how do you it. find your sparks of connection? Yes, when they're so few and far between. Oh, oh, through lines. Yeah, we got them. We got a lot of them. You know what? We don't got Twitter followers or tweets. I don't give a shit. I love that you're begging for Twitter followers when you don't tweet. I don't want to tweet. I just want <laughs> followers, and that's all. I want. That's all I want. I just want people to be like follow. It's the most unsatisfying thing. I'm going to give you lots of nothing. All right. Whole lot of nothing. Let's sign off All for right. this one because I'm going to have to hack this together from two separate parts. Yeah, it's 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 124 with about 10 missing. So that's a good one. That's a good, that's a solid Yeah, I think line. it'll be okay. You can't say here at Green and Lewis, we don't give you, because we didn't say the name of the fucking podcast. You can't say that at Green and Lewis, we don't give you around an hour 10. Because we do. We fill up a good... 75 minutes of your day and uh i'm sure about four minutes of it was worth it that's generous <laughs> that is very generous so generous okay all right bye, bye.